Welcome everyone to another episode of Maybe Next Year, the podcast that goes for the gold. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And we are here in the middle of the um, Olympics. Uh, obviously, we're broadcasting directly from Tokyo, Japan at this point. Um, and uh, unfortunately, the football competitions have not begun yet. Paul is convinced that France will win. Um, I am convinced that, you know, Germany will win. Scott has been hedging, right, Scott? What two countries did you think were going to win the the tackle football uh, gold? Yeah, I mean, obviously you have to like uh, Georgia. Yeah, of course, I am referring to uh, Republic of, not state of. Yeah, um, you know, they got a lot of a lot of a lot of big guys. Um, they you know they had a big guy win the weightlifting the other day. So you got to worry about them. Um, and then I'm going to go with the Japanese who you you normally think of adopting a, another American sport uh, that, of course, professional wrestling. But yep. um the, they're also uh, huge uh, American football fans. I think that's what they've tried to play with the, you know, the big guys, again, uh, you know, slamming into each other in front of a crowd. That is American football, correct? That's what they yes, call that? Yes, that is, that is yeah. correct. That's their Japanese American football? Yes. Uh, yep. Georgia also called the Bulldogs, though, so a little confusing. It's weird it that Georgia. Do you guys remember last year during the January's, well, was it this year? Gosh, time just seems to stop sometimes. Um, during the thing that happened on January 6th, there were people flying Georgia flags, except it was the Republic of Georgia and not the state of Georgia. That's right. Yeah, right. I forgot so about good. that. That was on so one good. of those Twitter blooper reels, if you if you will, where I'm like, what? What you is almost this? Almost have Benny Hill music while it's going on. Anyway, who would have who would have thought that that group of people once again would have not proofread or checked something before they did it? Because right, if they're, they're probably ready? burning Washington state flags as well. Son of a gun. Yeah. All right. Let's. And it's going to be the UK, by the way, because it's going to be uh, F.A. Obata off the edge. Christian yes. Wade, Wade running rampant, so I think they're going to be in line for a medal. Uh, the, of course, the unfortunate um, many of the Americans left home from the Olympics uh, to concentrate on their professional sport of football, um, including our beloved Buffalo Bills, who are there uh, in Buffalo, training, um, throwing footballs, catching them, running around, having a good time, looking good in shorts, not really signing contracts, but there you go. Um, and we've had training camp. We've had uh, here's a plus. We have not had the entire football team jump on the quarterback in a pile up scrap. <laughs> we've not had a coach admit to drinking thirteen hundred milligrams of caffeine every day. We've not had uh, a coach make your the team do suicide letters for a few hours because he was angry with them. Um and the best news so far, really, knock on wood, nobody hurt during the process of training uh, at the camp. Um, so we are going to talk about that. We're going to get to some of our highlights and lowlights uh, based, of course, solely on um, the reports of reporters that are not allowed to report everything that is happening in training camp. Um, and we'll also get to some of the bigger topics surrounding the bills as well. But let's let's go to our man, Paul. Paul, uh, uh, you are um, first. So All there right. you go. And I am geographically I, closest to training camp. 
Are you? No, I'm. I think so. Oh no, you're north of me. That's right. Yeah. Me, but I'm definitely further north than you. So we'd have yeah, to. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I thought you were in Richmond for the for a minute, and I was like, but no, uh, not. I got, got back Sunday night. So back. Okay. Back. All right. So, all right. So okay. So then you are closest. So you get to go first. Um, right. And I'd like for you to just you know you've written down in our agenda so so beautifully standouts and positional battles. Um, I I feel like it's such a wide open topic. Um, you should just kind of whatever you want to talk about with training camp is good. And, and then Scott and, and I can kind of riff on that. You got it. And I'm happy to do so. And I look forward to this being on a future episode of Who's Bad Take when all the people I notice standouts are immediately cut at the end of training camp. I think is as you read the reports from these reporters who only can see and report on a limited number of things, there are a certain number of names that seem to be coming up with some regularity. I think one of the biggest has been Isaiah McKenzie, this is a guy who's been on the team for three seasons. The only person that Josh Allen has completed a pass to in 2018, 2019, and 2020. So some sense of continuity there. But in addition to, you know, standing out a little bit when he's running, you know, in the slot and doing his usual uh, Isaiah McKenzie type of things, he has also stood out more in the return game. And why that is so important for this team is, they they have a lot of talent on this on this team more so than we've ever seen on a on a Bills team before. They're going to cut more good players. They're probably going to trade some people uh, who aren't going to make the team a la the the Wyatt Teller Spencer Long approach. You know that they did a couple of years ago and they started you know trading people away. It might not have been Long. It was one of those other offensive linemen, maybe Bodine. But either way, they you know they need someone who can fill multiple roles. If Isaiah can be the backup in the slot and, and and you know someone who can step up there and also be a guy who can handle the return game you know that'll be huge i think another guy who's coming up is a lot in the reports is aj apanessa you we all talk about rousseau we all talk about basham sometimes even more than rousseau but this is a guy now in his second year a guy who probably made the most progress for the beginning of the season where he was a healthy scratch week one to the end where he was on the field for, you know, I think 40% of the snaps in the, in the playoff game against Kansas city, someone they've come to rely on more and who clearly felt like, okay, well, you've drafted edge rushers with your number, your first and second picks of the draft. I guess I'm going to have to prove to you that you didn't make a mistake last year, picking me in the second round. So he's really seems to have stood out as well. And then the last name I'll mention, because I I don't want to hog everyone as a wide receiver, I will mention another one. You cannot, th- you cannot go 15 feet without hearing the name uh, Jay Kumrau or Jay Kumarau. Obviously I'm not hearing it. I'm just reading it because I don't know how to pronounce mm-hmm. it fully yet, but this was obviously the reports with Aaron Rodgers being upset. He was cut saying he was their second best receiver in green Bay's training camp last year. He beat Trey white today, twice one-on-one which caught the attention of reporters. He has done a great job of gaining separation. Now the other names we've been talking about in the fringe, like Isaiah Hodgins and Marquez Stevenson and Duke Williams to an extent. Now they seem to be pushed out to the periphery more because of how much he has stood out. Now maybe Isaiah McKenzie can play the dual uh, threat role we talked about as a return man, and then you don't need a Marquez Stevenson on returns. But those are some of the interesting standout names that have occurred to me. There are others, but we're a group pod. We're three people. So I will see the rest of my time, Senator. <laughs> what did you make of all that, Scott? Uh, thanks to the gentleman from New York. Um, I will say I'm, yeah, I mean, I would say in general that what I've seen is a lot of pretty awesome um, 
defensive line play. I mean, it seems like in general they are doing well. Like Rousseau is doing well. Um, Basham is doing well. Obviously, I have like I think a pick six I think on the first day of practice. As Paul mentioned, Epinesa being someone who's kind of seeming like is turning on. I think some of that is is got to be caveated, obviously, with the idea that with Dawkins out on the COVID reserve mm-hmm. list, um, we are seeing probably a lot of the two kind of, uh, you know, Daryl Williams has been lit up what sounds like a couple times. And so some of that means, you know, yeah, that that Daryl Williams uh, – might need to get a little better, but but good for for these kind of young guys coming in and having a guy who played really well last year, not not being able to contain him. But then other of these reps are going against, uh, you know, Spencer Brown and, you know, our other kind of junior tackles. So you don't want to get too ahead of yourself. But that's what I, I, I'm, I'm pleased because obviously that was the thing. Right. We need to get better on the offensive line. I'm glad they're making plays. I don't want to you know get too ahead of ourselves. Um, either way, but I think that's, that's good. Those are good signs. And then I will say to, to kind of continue on Paul's points. Yeah. I was going to talk a little bit about the wide receiver depth because yeah, I mean, obviously we hear all about the reports of Kumarau. Um, yes, we could file him under wide receiver phenoms who are never heard from again after training camp. Um, but obviously like he is not like some of those guys in the sense that he has been around the league longer. He has, um, you know, I think usually those guys are coming on later in camp. Obviously, he's here not right now. It's early. Um, but that's the thing. Like, what do you like Sanders? Like, can you really cut him after you bring him in? Um, you like I love what McKenzie brings. It seems like Dable really loves what McKenzie brings. But so so he has the return game as well. We don't have um, what's his guy? Andre Roberts. Right. Because mm-hmm. he went to Houston. So we need. The return slots are needed. We cannot just uh, have him do that. So, but you know, so I think that improves McKenzie's chances. But it's just a numbers game at some point because the other had the same problem with the defensive line. We've got ten freaking defensive linemen who have a solid claim to be on the roster. We can't have ten linemen and eighteen, you know, and eight eight wide receivers. It's just not going to work. I mean, I don't think it's going to work, but who knows? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think those are the two ones um, that I've been kind of watching the closest to see what's going on. Uh, it's good to see the the secondary seems like it's in, in decent shape. Obviously, they've had some the troubles with the offense, but that's going to happen because obviously the offense is, you know, kind of a, a solid offense in general. Uh, the, the running backs, it's going to shake out one way or another. I mean, it sounds like Moss and Singletary don't care who's the starter because they both know they're going to get reps. Um, that's not... Some of that is probably the press. I'm sure they care and want to be the starter, and they're just saying that they don't. But I kind of want one of them to be like, yeah, I want to be the starter, and I want all the carries because that means that you're going to try harder and do your job better. Because it doesn't seem like either one of them are really like 100% doing their job the best. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, that's that's all I got for now. Very good. Um, I, obviously, the wide receiver depth were sort of an embarrassment of riches as a team right now, um, you know. Diggs, Beasley, and Davis, right? And then, like you said, we got to get to probably three more out of, you know, Duke Williams, Emmanuel Sanders, Isaiah Hodgins, Jake Kumarau, Isaiah McKenzie, and I guess Tanner Gentry's kind of in there. And then I think everybody else kind of, you know, I'm not sure Bug Howard's going to make it. Sorry. Um, he, Stevenson, the seventh round pick. He's 
probably not going to be on the roster. Yeah, he's going to take yeah, that right? Austin Pro route. Practice where he's squad. Gone, six, yeah. yeah, sixth round, yeah. Um, only because I'm looking right at it. But, yes, uh, otherwise I would have not even had known that Marquez Stevenson's on the thing. But, you know, there there you go. It, it's it's an embarrassment of riches. I think that you, you probably – I was reading today they were maybe talking about a guy like McKenzie could fill the role of returner, you know, like – that, that's something that he could do and you'd have him available as a wide receiver, but not necessarily have to eat up another spot with a returner. Um, my question is, do you need a tight end? Because. Well, they're training yeah. for Zach Ertz. I don't know if you've heard that. <laughs> I, every, I know every yeah. six weeks, it's like he's two days away. Um, but Dawson Knox, you know, he has a drop today, a, a big drop hits him in the hands, I guess. And, and people are mad about it. And I understand that. And my thought is like, okay, well, what if what if instead, you know, tight ends are there to block or they're there to catch? And so why not just have like another professional blocker there um, and then on some plays have another professional catcher go in? Since we seem to have so many professional catchers and we have professional blockers, maybe maybe we should just like forego the tight end position as a position. I, I don't know that there's anything necessarily uh, important about a person who does both. Um, if you have uh, the one story that you guys have not mentioned yet at training camp, and that is Josh Allen is apparently still Josh Allen, and he might even be somehow better Josh Allen already. Um, uh, so in my mind, this is just my launching pad into Allen, who uh, I, I, I guess all the all sorts of quarterbacks can do this, but I did watch his his fun little drill where he like, steps sideways over the things and goes around the things and then, and then throws the ball to the right. And he like nails the middle of like the middle pocket of the net, you know, and I assume somebody's telling him to like throw it in the top one of the middle one. And he's like, he's just doing that. And like, that was just wild to me. And they they said that, you know, on the passes that Jake Kumarow catches over uh, Tredavious White, like Trey White had great coverage. He just, you know, Jake Kumarow broke correctly and did a good job, but more importantly, Josh Allen put the ball exactly where it was supposed to go. And one of the driving forces behind, we have talent that is going to leave this team that is, you know, better than, you know, that would have been starting on some of these built teams. It's, it begins, uh, it's, it starts at the top there with Josh Allen, um, who really, uh, one of the chicken and egg, uh, you know, Gosh, I hate the offseason where people need to argue about who's better, Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen, and who has the better rating. It's just like, just everyone just shut the fuck up, okay? Like, our guy is good. Your guy is good. Our guy beat your guy. Maybe your guy will beat our guy sometime. I don't know. But, like, stop dividing by 3.26 to tell me one more different way that someone's better than someone else. The point is Josh Allen is fucking great, and he makes everyone else great around him, and that's one of the reasons that some of these people aren't going to be getting jobs. Um, the other thing with the defensive ends, I, I remember us, they were talking about um, on the pick six from, uh, was it Basham or, or was it the other guy? But one of them, so one of them did it. They said that they're getting their hands up a lot and blocking. And they said mm-hmm. that that might be a, a different way to combat a Patrick Mahomes. If you can't get to him, right. If he's just releasing the ball too fast, well, let's make the, his throwing windows smaller. You know, and yeah, I, it might have been Sal Capaccia that pointed that out. I, I think, think that get, it, get your arms up when you're, yeah. you're so you have so much length, you know, you can do that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I am certainly not the author of that opinion. I'm I'm just sort of that I had heard that this week, as you said, almost certainly from Sal Capaccio, and I had never thought about it that way before. And uh, that seemed like a great point, like a great point. Um, so other than that, I don't know that there had been a lot of stories. Uh, let's briefly. Um, oh, you let me let me let me do this, and we'll we'll go around the thing. One of the things that's not a story is Cole Beasley, who mm-hmm. um, had his moment in the press and put a, a, a pin in it. And uh, I, look, I, I said to you guys, I think on, on the message, I'm, I'm sure I tweeted this too, um, his statement for the press, and he answered some questions, I think, uh, about his uh, approach to COVID and vaccines. It was the most coherent and understandable and defensible position um, I've ever heard him put out. I still think he is wrong, but he did not sound insane. And so to me, that felt good. That was like, okay, he's not insane. I can understand what he's saying. I can understand that he's talking about people who aren't in his position, you know, who have just made the team and don't have, or, or might not make the team and don't have much of a choice if they wanted to, to get a vaccine or not, because their livelihood depends on it, unlike his. And so a lot of those things that he said made sense, even if I don't agree with him, I found him a reasonable person to disagree with. And secondly, that's been the end of the story. We had a we've had seven days of football and we haven't had to talk about COVID other than, um, as you pointed out, we have a few guys on the on the list. Um, but, you know, there's been no outbreak. There's been no crazy talk in the press. And it certainly seems like the Bills have shown up to to play football, which is which was a concern over the summer if, if this was going to carry over. And um, Paul, I, I guess it hasn't. Uh, yep. And so feel free to talk about that or if you'd like to talk about. Anything else? This is our last pass on uh, on training camp. Yeah, I think I, I would I would agree it was a, a very coherent statement, and I also agree that I very strongly disagree with that his 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 view on this. And we will, we're not a COVID podcast, so we won't get into that. But I am hoping this is that they've turned the corner on the discussion. They have those discussions in the locker room internally. Fine, but we're not having bickering. You know, we're not having sniping on Twitter between. Bill's players at this point. Everyone's a training camp. Everyone is working. Everyone except Jerry Hughes is a training camp and a couple others. So it'd be interesting. I'd like to have Jerry back there soon. I can't remember why he's out, if it's a health-related issue or what. But he was he was someone who was going back and forth with Beasley. So uh, although allegedly they talked immediately thereafter and things things were fine. So yeah, I am hopeful that the season goes on and this is in fact a non-issue. But we do have to put out the huge caveat that if if there's an outbreak, there are no there's no postponing this year. You are forfeiting a game. There is no yeah. so let's move this to Tuesday at four PM or Wednesday at three thirty in the morning or whatever they it happens. Say, they did say that they were it was they were gonna try and reschedule, but if it couldn't be rescheduled, then it would be a forfeit, right? They're, they're, that, well, no, what they, they, they said two things. They said there was first of all, there is no week eighteen, right? So that's right. There's no like Kicking it back to the end of the well, season. actually, there is a week eighteen. There is there no is week, week eighteen 19. because there's no, there's no week nineteen. There's yes. no extra built-in week to deal with COVID. And yes, what the, what what the 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 memo had said was, um, you know, if there's an outbreak, which they never defined. Um, th- these were a bunch of things that I did think of, and then Sal Capaccio and other people did talk about on the radio. It was like, okay, out, outbreak isn't defined. Everything is still subject to the commissioner's discretion. So the commissioner could say, oh, gosh, um, you know, Buffalo and Kansas City are both five and oh, and they're going to play. And then one of the teams is sick. 
yeah, I know we said that we weren't going to postpone games and, and make accommodations, but we don't want to lose all that TV money. So we are going to do that. Um, there's still room for somebody to, to, to do that. But yeah, the idea is that the outbreak team, not only do they, could they be in a position to forfeit the game for standing purposes, but not for draft purposes. So it doesn't help their draft. Um, but, uh, everybody on both teams is then out of a game check and you have to pay the non-outbreak team, um, the, the gate, they used to pay any, you know, any ticket loss, any employee wages, like any money lost is now coming out of the outbreak team's pocket to go to the other team. And so that is some, that, that can be some serious cash. And, and you know, that, that, that's like the kind of money that owners pay attention to, I think. Um, and so that was a very big, you know, stick with a little leeway. Emmanuel Sanders apparently decided it was enough for him because the next day he posted his vaccine card on Twitter um, or Instagram. And uh, I think that, yeah, the only thing I would say is like nobody's really explained what an outbreak is per their rules. So like if you want to show up and just play with 42 players, are you allowed to or, is, or are you not allowed to? Like, you know, there's some questions there. Um, sorry, I kind of jumped over, but I got all, you know, lawyer member. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think that's I think that I think that's a question that I've had for a little while. Yeah, is 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 when this is all held at the commissioner's discretion, he can decide like, yeah, those kind of things become very real in terms of, well, they had 17 players out and they could play a game, but we have 17 players out and we can't play a game. And what is the right. formula that is it position groups? Is it, um, you know, starter games played? Is it, you know, uh, specialists? You know, you could say you shouldn't be able to play if you can't have like a professional kicker. Cause on some level, like that would completely change the outcome of the game. If you're, Having right. to have some random guy, you know, kick field goals, but other people would be like, "No, that's crazy." The kicker's the least important guy, so I, it's it's a it's a huge loophole and it's frustrating. But I don't think the NFL is interested in all at becoming transparent on how that is, um, because right. everyone knows that they don't like the owners don't really want the games canceled either if their teams are in it. So they want to maximize their ability to keep making money. And that includes yeah. caveats where they can say, OK, guess what, Patriots? You're going to have to play a game without Cam Newton, but we're not going to make the Titans play without Ryan Tannehill and six other guys because that would just be yeah. awful. That'd be awful yeah. football. Speaking for all law firms, ambiguous policies in the name of profit are what makes the world go round. And I fully, fully promote that. <laughs> That's why we don't tell you exactly where our Patreon is. Uh, <laughs> I think we might have messed that up. Um, so uh, that's that's training camp. Maybe, like you said, we might have some trades. Maybe maybe Green Bay will get Jake Coomer out back, depending on, on, on what they... First what round they pick. You can have him, Green Bay. Yeah. I love it, right? The 30, 31st overall, <laughs> you know, to go with our 32nd overall. Yeah. Um, but the Bills are uh, not just uh, dealing with on-the-field stuff. It, w- it was such a nice week without any off-the-field distractions. And 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 then somebody from Pagula Sports and Entertainment opened their big fucking mouth and said, Austin, Texas. And gosh, that was a weird, annoying thing to have to go through. That was like a weekend of angst and sturm and drang. Um, if you don't know, uh, the Bills 
The Bills are going to need a new stadium at this point. They keep telling me this. It's the fourth oldest stadium in the league behind Arrowhead, Soldier Field, and um, the one in Green Bay, Lambeau. Um, I think two of them have been, like, updated a lot. Like, Yeah, but I think you know. Soldier Field is either going to Lam- be completely redone or going. If I, okay. I, I mean, Lambeau has been completely redone. Soldier Field has also been redone. As, as people recall, when they came to Soldier Field after they renovated it, they said it looked like a UFO had landed on the stadium. That's right. That's right. Was that then a a a wacky schedule where a UFO had actually <laughs> yes. landed? That, if it, it hasn't been, on the then it should yeah, be a good one. Yeah. Um, and then apparently Arrowhead is older, um, and so who knows? Um, but anyway, uh, if you've been paying attention to the bills at all, you know that um, you know there's a lease that's that they signed for ten years, and year seven is basically in the is it this year or next year from when they signed it? It's very soon. That where they would be out able to get out of the lease at that time. They've been doing um, all sorts of studies about where to go. I think that they've concluded that the football stadium should stay in Orchard Park. I think that's what they're mm-hmm. saying. Um, but what they want or what was leaked, this is what was leaked. And nobody from PSE has has confirmed this. It's just been the reporting on this, that they want a total of one and a half billion dollars in taxpayer money to support the building of a new stadium and to uh, improve the downtown hockey stadium um, where the Buffalo dead slugs play. Um, and so they they want to just, you know, they need $400,000 worth of fire extinguishers to put out the fucking tire fire that is the Buffalo Sabres. Um, and then the rest of the money would apparently go to a new stadium. Um, and about... 20 minutes after that report comes out, someone says that they had talked about moving the team to uh, internally. They had talked about moving the team to Austin, Texas. And then Buffalo Bills Mafia collectively shit its pants because, um, as Paul knows, and, and Scott certainly knows to some extent, um, the, the, the big sort of Damocles forever over Buffalo and other small market teams is we're going to take your team and move it to a different part of the country unless you give us what you want. And they hold you hostage and you basically have to do what they say if you want your um, if you want your stadium. And I'll start with Scott because we started with Paul a few times. The only other thing, Scott, was that Mark Paul and Krantz, the he's the Erie County. Paul, he's the Erie County Erie County executive. Yeah, executive. Right. Um, he said that that, you know, that he made clear that nobody from. PSE has come to them and asked for that type of money or threatened to move the team. He said, basically, we are on a good footing with them that like none of that has been like directed at us, but also that they would not be getting a blank check for whatever they wanted. Um, So, Scott, I invite you to talk about public funding for stadiums, uh, talk about uh, scare tactics for fans, uh, to talk about Buffalo being in the bills being in Buffalo and any other way you want to handle this okay i have i have i will i will answer your question with a question do either of you think that that leak was anything other than intentional mm. you, you know i i i don't want to a- ask answer your question with a question with a question but i wonder if and we're not we're not on whose lines it anyway right now right. or else that's exactly <laughs> what you would want to do i think somebody intentionally said that i don't know that i believe 
that Terry or Kim said to do it, though, they're, if that makes they are sense. in a position they are in a that the person who did that was in a position to do it. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think somebody talked out of school, but I think that <sighs> they did so knowing what they were doing. Yeah, yeah I think the person who said it, whether it was under orders or not, you know, we'll have to, uh, you know. Uh, why can't I think of the movie? Grade. We did a whole yeah. sketch on this movie with Jack Nicholson. Oh, Tom a few good men. A few good men, yeah. Like, what, did they issue the code Code red? Was that it? Did you should um, order the order. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did you order the code red? Right. So we don't know if Terry and Kim ordered the code red, but someone definitely, I think they said that to try to spur public angst, and it just drives you nuts because they do this every damn time. And it's a, and it's a mildly viable threat in that, how many NFL teams have we seen move in our watching? I started watching in the, what, mid to late 80s. St. Louis moved to Arizona. Los Angeles, the Rams moved to St. Louis and then back to um, back to L.A. And then you look at the Chargers, who are now in Los Angeles. And you look, there's another, the Raiders, who are in Oakland, then Los Angeles, then back to Oakland, now Las Vegas. So, yeah, teams do do move around. So I get that it's a threat, but it's it's tacky. It's tacky. I think it's... Uh, an organization that has the bills type of fan base and can figure out a way to make this work. I don't, I don't want to use the word threat. I like the, the word I learned the test balloon where you sort of know it's not going to fly, but you want to see how mad people will be about it, which, which makes me wonder if the people, the agencies that like the, the people in charge of directing this for the Pagulas thought it was a good idea. And they, and the Pagulas were like, okay, well you do what you have to do because I, you know, they, they sort of are on thin ice with the fans as it is, as it as regards like to the Sabers and stuff. And you know, he's Mister. I'll just drill another oil well. So you know, I, I wonder if uh, I wonder if that's what I was saying. Like maybe maybe the agents in charge of this project are sort of saying some things that not necessarily are coming from PSE. But we've talked all over Scott's point time. So. No, that's fine. No, I mean, I, I think, I mean, that's the thing. Like, there's no perfect answer here. Uh, it's, uh, or a perfect discussion on this. I think, um, yeah, I mean, to me, it. I think those are logical kind of continuums. I think um, Pagula likes the idea that he's kind of uh, the Santa Claus and, you know, the, the happy man. But I'm. he's also a guy who's made a lot of money. And usually in America, you can't be a nice guy when you're doing that. And so I wouldn't be surprised at all if he was like, we need to at least have some even fairly transparent threat that we need to be able to do to have any kind of leverage in these negotiations. Because, yeah, if I'm Erie County, I'm going to tell them to get bent. Um, and Pagula is obviously, you know, he wa I'm sure they both have an idea of what partnership looked like. And that's where... Um, that's where the people in our society who adjudicate problems get involved. And because we lived in a law-abiding society, that means lawyers and right. negotiators and, and everyone, everyone wets their beak. And society's trust gets, gets, just gets a little smaller every time they get involved. But yeah. that's okay. When has that end up coming back to haunt us? Right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think... I think rather than turn this into a long screed against the lawyers who I'm doing the podcast with um, or people who work for lawyers, mm -hmm. I'm going to say it's both sides right to try and do what they want. You know, it's America. It's a free market. Go ahead. Try and try and get yours. 
Um, but I will say I have a bit of a presumption that we have also consciously given the NFL an antitrust exemption because we wanted them to play by a different set of rules. And maybe they should think about that when they're taking some of these issues into account, because I don't think a lot of people, there's a lot of very powerful politicians. Well, maybe one less than like a week ago um, (laughs) who would be interested in asking what right it is that the bills have to leave uh, New York and would be very interested in having investigations as to how that's happening and whether or not things like antitrust exemptions are allowed. So, you know, it just like everything else, you have a right to do whatever you want and to play hardball, but you know, don't 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 um don't go for your gun unless you're willing to use it, I guess I would say. Yeah, I think that I and Paul jump in if you want to. I, yeah, I think you first, sir. You said that, you know, they needed to do a threat. I think that, that that's the miscalculation because they already have the NFL team, right? Like they have the thing that we want, right? We want the team here, okay? And usually you you try and do the, the, the carrot and the stick. And the carrot is, well, it's great for your economy if you build us a stadium. The good news is like that's largely like understood to be bullshit. Like, the, the, like every basically every publicly funded stadium is like a waste of time and never really helps an economy all that much. But it's like this is the cost of doing business. Like you said, the, the cost of doing business is if I'm buying a house and I'm signing a mortgage, I you, there's like fifteen thousand dollars in junk, which is just like a, this guy's got to get paid. That guy's got to get paid. We got to pay the guy who does this thing. I don't know why we got to pay him, but he he's I never met this guy, but he, it's part of the deal. Now, you, OK, fine. He's, so he, he's he's insuring your title, Frank. Where? <laughs> How are you going to go around without an insured title to the house? Are you crazy? <laughs> Don't you know what would happen? <laughs> exactly. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm buying a ticket to a concert and I got to pay for it. I got to pay. I got to pay tax and I got to pay Ticketmaster. And then I've got to pay a processing fee because, you know, they don't want the the, the Ticketmaster doesn't want to pay their people. They want me to pay their people so Ticketmaster can keep their money. And you know, like it goes on and on. And if you just went to Buffalo and said, we're the bills. We'd like being here. Uh, it's going to cost money. And they're going to come to some number in the middle. Of course, he asked for all of it. He's not going to get all of it. Whatever they pay is too much. If you publicly fund a stadium, there should be some sort of concession other than we'll stay here. Right. It should be like, hey, thanks for building this stadium. Um, everybody gets one free bills ticket like that, you know, to redeem over the next 10 years if you want one. but that excuse me that won't happen um and we'll see so to me it was like it was like unnecessarily heavy-handed so early in the negotiation it was like classic like why did you do that we like he went right for the he went for the gun in the first act and we might not have a movie now so you know because erie county might tell him to go get bent but you also don't want to be the guy who let the bills go like that's it. That's the end of Erie. Erie County would just fall into the lake if the bills left. No one and no one would care. They'd be like, all right, whatever. Live at the bottom of the lake now, I guess. And like Jason Voorhees in Friday the right. 13th Part 7. And they'll go, well, what happened? Well, there used to be a football team here. And that's all anybody in this whole fucking area did. And it went into the lake when the team left. And all right. Yeah. Um, but Paul, if I. Why don't you schedule? Yes. Yeah. Right? You. 
you've, Why don't you've you covered this up. And then we'll yeah, end. sure. You guys have covered a lot of the salient points. I will address that. Uh, uh, Michael asked, and it's a listener question, is it time for new stadium talk? So, Michael, this is our way of answering your question with yes. So I can tell you Frank's uh, 2021 opinions of using public funds for stadium money is consistent with Frank's 2014 opinion of using stadiums for money, which I oh, found right. out when I was listening to some old pods this week. So I concur. You know, Frank was talking about, you know, what they're going to do if Eric Harris could fall into the sea. You know, they're, they're, first of all, the threats to to move the team to where Austin, they they don't they don't care. They're already all the, the football fans in they Austin. Football are probably, yeah, they're already <laughs> either lifelong Cowboys fans. Some I'm sure are Texans fans. You say, well, Houston was an expansion team. I'm no, like, yeah, all, they were an expansion team. That they were already Oilers fans. fans. I was going to yeah. say, they're all Longhorn fans. They're, yeah, yeah, they're all college football fans. So I don't see the interest in a pro team so much in that area. Nonetheless, okay, now you've got to figure out the stadium situation. And then you look at places that have lost teams. You know, Oakland, they, they can't even afford their baseball to build a new baseball stadium right now. They're sure as hell not going to build a, a proper football stadium to take this team. St. Louis, I can't even remember if they have a team right now. I don't think so, but they've lost teams twice. What are the odds that they're thinking long term there? Vegas has their team now. So uh, there's just not. And if you look at international markets in the middle of COVID, uh, this is not the time we're going to expect a lot of international travel to be floated along. Float along. The one thing, uh, and I want to quickly address the funds and then one other quick thing, and that's it. Uh, Brian asked us, or excuse me, Jasmine asked us, how much is too much for the public to contribute to a new renovated stadium? And yeah, they're not going to get the one and a half billion, as we've discussed, but I don't think they're going to get zero either, I think, because it is part of the fabric of the community. Uh, I know that Frank is gagging as I say that, but oh. it is part of the fabric. Of the, it's, it is part of the fabric of the community, and they will want to keep the team, so there will be a usage of some public funds for it, and it will. I think it'll probably end up being somewhere split in the middle. They're saying one and a half billion now. I think by the time this gets done, it's going to be 1.8 or 1.9, and it's going to be a close to 50-50 split. I have, I would say less for the Pagulas and more from the city. So I'm going to say something along the lines of 1.1 billion in public funds and maybe 700 million then in Pagula funds. Uh, just based on how I would expect this to pan out. And then the last thing I wanted to mention, and it, it came to my mind when Scott was talking about the, the politician situation, I think the New York governorship is a very good chance that will change. And look who's going to become governor. Oh, it's Buffalo, New York's Kathy Hochul, you know, longtime Buffalo resident, grew up there, very big Bills fan, invested in the area. Uh, the timing of that is not bad, is what I will say for, for Bills fans, if that does indeed come to fruition. So that's just one angle I wanted to to throw in there, but otherwise, I think you guys covered covered most everything I wanted to say. Speaking as an Italian American from New York State, I am uncomfortable with how we as Italians kiss people, and I would like to apologize <laughs> um, for the slideshow, even though I had nothing to do with it. Um, also, I, I I don't think he's leaving. I think they're going to have to kick him out. Um, but we'll 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 see. maybe maybe next Albany we'll yeah, we'll we'll cover it on on uh, maybe next state capital. I, I want to clarify how much money is too much money. Like, yeah, in my heart of hearts, I definitely think like any dollar is is too many. But I also think that the will of the people are is important. And if people in New York State get together and this is where a referendum would be nice and said, you know, 500 million or sorry, 
you know, you could have some tiers and say, how much do you think we should be contributing? And that's an important, you know, or they come back and say, well, do you think this is an appropriate amount to contribute? Then, yeah, then the will of the people is 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 paramount and they should be honored. And if people want to contribute and that's a, a public good, and I think it is, then they can and they should. I just don't think that I don't appreciate the the hostage tactics that the NFL holds over people's heads. And so we will see how much they they end up ponying up for that. They should uh, they should both share a GoFundMe page. Yes. Yes. And then they can both, you know, Pagula can advertise it, you know, can pay for like, you know, he will match every dollar of marketing that the state puts into the GoFundMe. And that's how they'll raise the money for the stadium. They should. And then they would, I don't know, then you'd have people and you, maybe you can get like cheers where like you get your name somewhere in the stadium. If you contributed on the GoFundMe. That's I took true. The, and you pay, you pay a million dollars. You get to take a snap of quarterback against the Pats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah $2 million. You get to kick OJ Simpson in the nuts. Um, all right, or, or you get hit, you let him kick you in the nuts. If that's your thing. We if that's to, your thing. Yeah. Right. We don't sex judge Sex positivity here. is what this podcast is all about. Maybe it's not even about sex for you. Let's right. finish the let's, – let's let's do these um, questions here. Right. Uh, oh, so we did my – me, by the way, for uh, – that it would be uh, tax.ny.gov and just yeah. give, give as much as you want. Go ahead. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I've, I've been following some of the tax stories coming out of New York. Maybe they're about to come into a whole bunch of money. Uh, we'll see. Um, do you think – uh brian brian punt bp uh he wants to know do you think they've done enough to improve the roster to take another step forward this year i assume by they he means the bills it seems to me that unless some new draft picks vastly outperform expectations or last year step into the contributions we've pretty much stayed put while our rivals have done more i don't know what we think that like i i guess and to be fair scott did bring up a similar question shortly after the draft i remember I think that's fair. I think if you're talking about the AFC East as your rivals, sure, they've all done more. Why? Because they were all in the basement, right? Like, so they had to do something. Yeah, except the Dolphins, but the, arguably the Dolphins didn't fix the one glaring thing they needed to fix, which is the quarterback situation. Right. They're in they're in Tyrod Taylor land right now, in my mind, or, or, or EJ Manuel land. Who yeah. knows? Um, I, I think if you look at the rest of the league, I think my answer to this is the same that when, when Scott had it before is like, well, it's hard to get much better than that offense last year. I mean, they basically broke every single season Buffalo Bills record, and more than that, they were they were ranked in the top uh, of the of the NFL anyway. And defensively, they they've done what I think they think they can do, which is retain some of the linebackers that work for them and cornerbacks with with Trey White, and they've thrown as many bodies at the defensive line as they can. So. I don't know. I think that when you're here, you're talking about the margins. There's diminishing returns at this point. And so some of it is just going to be you can only get so much better. Uh, I find this to be the parallel question to, you know, will Josh Allen play have a better year than this year? Can he continue to improve? Well, like, well, no, at some point he can't. I'm sorry. He's not going to have 100 percent completion percentage and throw for 14000 yards and 700 touchdowns and zero interceptions like there's a physical impossibility that begins to happen, and I'd love for him to prove me wrong. But um, we're just sort of getting to the top here, you know. S- Scott, do you disagree? 
Do you agree? I mean, no, I mean, yeah, obviously, like, I am sympathetic, and I, I am concerned about it. Like, obviously, like, on some point, I, I, I guess, yeah, I have hit in the past, I am concerned that we haven't done enough to approve. So I will briefly kind of stake out that I do believe that that is, like, I'm not, like, dead set 100%. That's our, that's, like, all that I think about. Some of it does get to the point of ultimately... You have to get into the tournament and build a team that you think is good enough to get to the Super Bowl. And then at some point, it just becomes the breaks of the game, injuries, luck, fate, whatever you want to call it. And I think that this team is almost there. If not, if not there, is very close to being there. I'm not sure. Could they have improved? Sure. Yes. I, I think that's possible. Um, it's a balance between going all out for this year and maintaining the flexibility that you that you can get or do need to keep the team consistently at that level because you can kind of did a certain level what the Bucks did last year and swing for the fences and say we're going all in this year and try and get as many free agents max out every dollar of cap um, and hope that you kind of you you push all your chips in the middle and you get it all and then if it works out great, you've won the Super Bowl, maybe you can put it all again, run it back the next year. But more likely, you're setting yourself up for some problematic cap hits further down the line. I think I don't I guess it's it's tough for me to to say, like, I think the Bills probably can't do that because I feel like they're not in a position to kind of. The other half of that equation is you have to have those players who will the players on the market will want to have to come to you under the theory that they know they're going to get that shot at the championship because you're so consistently good. Like I think on Sanders, some level, yeah. I think on I think on some level, the bills are not at that point where we have the Tom Brady who's like, OK, well, if I want Tom Brady's team, I got a 50 50 chance to get in the Super Bowl. So right. we are not quite there yet. I think we are at the point where we can say with the team last year. They were, they were, I would say they're clearly the second best team in the conference at minimum. And if you're clearly the second best team, that means you're going to get to the championship game. And then at that point, you know, on some level, it's a 50-50 chance. Now, obviously, the way that AFC championship game went, it didn't feel like a 50-50 chance by the end of that game. Because I felt like if the way the teams played, I don't, me and Frank may have a slight disagreement about this based on certain <laughs> past, but it didn't feel like we were a 50-50 matchup in that game, but maybe that was our worst day and maybe that was their best day. Maybe some of the things that have happened in Kansas City, the line replacements, some of the other stuff, maybe somebody gets injured, who knows? Maybe that kind of evens out in the wash and we have a better chance this year. So I'm I'm not I'm not dead set that we must have gotten better this year and therefore we are going to fail. Uh, I think there's too many assumptions there, but it is it, it, I'm not uh, I'm not uh, sanguine about it either. Yeah, I think that I think the three most important words are Josh Allen extension at this point. And I think that prevents you from swinging from the fences in the same way that Tampa Bay does, because, you know, they know what their quarterback is and what he's worth. Or they certainly had a good guess as to who he was. And it was it was he already is a limited window. Right. Brady already is a limited window. Yeah, he's got and, 10 more years, max. Yeah, 15 yeah. if he really takes care of himself. Um God, Lord. Uh, but, you know, he 
Older than every one of us on this pod, ladies I and gentlemen. I think it's this year he's going to get his chance to beat New England and 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 do the full 32. So yeah. there you go. Um, anyway, he, uh, you know, you, Scott's right. I think what we dance around is, you know, you can't just add J.J. Watt, I think, was available and, and mm-hmm. other things and be like, here we go. Let's get him, you know, get in there and get that one sack that we needed. You can't really dice it up that way because, you know, I've certainly watched other teams, you know, do that here in, 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 in Washington. I mean, the baseball team was competitive from 2012 until this year, kind of maybe, maybe last year, but you know, it wasn't that they didn't have a good enough team in the years. They didn't win the world series. They were just like, they lost a series. They dropped it here. The the pitching fell apart. Their manager didn't know what they were doing. And I think that's Kind and of Desmond happened. misses a fieldable ball up the middle in right. game five of 2012 Mike, with two outs Mike, in the ninth. Yeah, you know, Mike Morse, you know, doesn't you know, Mike Morse is Mike Morse in right field and, yeah. you know, left field. And um, anyway, the point is, like, I think you look at a guy like McDermott and and, and them and say, like, they are going to they they've improved as much as they can. And they will have a they know what this year is about. Last year was about getting in the playoffs, winning the division seeing what damage that you do this year is about, you know, target Kansas city. Their whole season is built around. Can we beat Kansas city when it counts, when it matters? And that's what they're going to try and do. So I think they've done what they can. I'm not sure that there was much more to do. Right. And, uh, and I'll jump in with my response very quickly. Oh yeah. Right. So. Uh, which is let's to Brian's point. I also don't want to underrate player development in this. And I'm not going to be talking about these, uh, new younger draft picks, which are part of it. But if you look at when quarterbacks peak, cornerbacks, left tackles, linebackers, well, Josh Allen, Trey White, Deion Dawkins, Trey, Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, all guys who are going to be with the organization for the long term for three are already on their second contracts to have the franchise tag for next year. Those guys have not hit their peak yet, and they have all been pretty uh, damn good. Three of them are pro ballers and Milano and Dawkins are definitely in the better half, if not better third of their occupations and every down players at key positions. Mm-hmm. So that's a big deal. And also they didn't necessarily get better at every position. They did get started low to Levy back, which I think will be a big help for the run defense, but they also didn't lose talented positions and other teams did, you know, they re-signed Milano. They kept Daryl Williams. They kept John Feliciano. They even have Mitch Morse on board still. The only notable uh, departure for me really was Andre Roberts. They lost a good return man, but they have some candidates in-house who could seemingly fill that role very well without too much of a drop-off. And, you know, I, I think that player development is is huge. And even if there is regression, even if they could do a 13-4, they can still win it all due to the points that Scott brought up yeah. of – you know, if some, someone gets injured, maybe you have long-armed Greg Rousseau knock down what would be a, an 80-yard touchdown pass uh, to Travis Kelsey because he just happens to get his arm up in Mahomes' face and, and bat it down. And once it gets to the, the, the playoffs, you know, anything can, can happen. And Frank brought up the, the Nationals. The one year they, they did win it all was in 2019, and that team was not better than the 2012 team, nor the 2014 no, that was, team, for my money. It was a team that, that just a, happened to, yeah. They, yeah, that was they not got a good little, team. Yeah, got they got really a little hot. bit of luck. Yeah, and their one big strength was that their huge weakness was their bullpen, and in the playoffs, all of a sudden, you know, you've got some good new bullpen arms with Steven Strasburg and uh, then competent Patrick Corbin, 
and all of a sudden the lack of a bullpen is not a big deal so yeah. you know all sorts like, of things i don't happen. know if devin singletary suddenly started catching patches, patches <laughs> yes in the postseason you're like he doesn't do it all year but he got it he's he's doing it now so yep or maybe there's on. one drop on the other side that we you know uh, right. the chief drops a ball in a key position yeah um david na- my neighbor david uh saw him at the pool the other day he asks uh mcdermott praised jake coomer out today this is august 3rd could he be doing that to signal to the Packers that if Rogers wants his buddy back, it will have to be via trade? I'm skeptical of Kumarau making the 53. He is 29, and the Bills would have to cut a young draft pick to keep him. I think you have. I think David has put his finger. We talked a little bit about this. I, th- I think that's the that's the rub with Kumarau. Um, You know, you you are cutting a draft pick. I think also, if we're talking, if we couple this with Brian's question, and you are talking about maximizing talent now this might be the year where you say you know what how much how long do i really want to develop um what was his name uh marquez stevenson you know like maybe we just cut marquez stevenson and we run with jay kumar who really is the better receiver and he makes us better at that position and it might only be marginally better because we don't know how much he can get on the field given the talent and the depth we have around but we're a better team with jay kumar than we are without it. If somebody goes down, maybe you want Jake available. Um, so to me, that could be the, I, I, I agree that there's some sense of like, um, you know, maybe there's this like half-hearted, I wouldn't even, you know, like, hey, he's doing great. Maybe that, I wouldn't call it smoke because I think a lot of people are saying that he's great, not just the team. Um, that uh, if, you know, the Packers want him back, they might not let him go cheaply. Um, but I don't know for sure that they're going to I don't know for sure that they're going to cut him because I don't know that he can't be the seventh best wide receiver on the team. I think it's I think it's hard to say that he would be. I don't know that he I don't know that he can't be. And I think if you're talking about a team that here is, um, as we were just saying, you know, looking to, to, to pick up at the margins without, you know, going all in, uh, you know, taking a big swing for the fences. Kumaral might be that kind of player. Uh, what do you what do you think, Paul? Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I'd agree. You know, we'll see where they end up. I don't think Marquez Stevenson is untouchable. No more than uh, sixth round pick Colby Listenby was untouchable in 2016, or Austin Prohl, who was a 2017 pick. You, these late round wide receivers especially are are flyers. So maybe he makes it, maybe he doesn't. Now, Kumarau, I mean, you addressed several possible scenarios there, Frank, and I would agree that anything could happen. Look, we thought, uh, Kumarau, you know, sorry, uh, dealing with quick work question here. Um, Kumarau is a guy who Rogers liked. He developed well, he looked good in his one real game with the bills, but you know, that doesn't mean, um, that he's going to be part of the future. Maybe they trade him away. Maybe he does. And they're thinking, well, we're going for it this year. So let's keep him and and get rid of some other guys and see if we can stash them on the practice squad like we've done in the past. So I think this can go in many directions. I don't think they were necessarily, as David may have suggested, that they weren't necessarily talking up Kumarau exclusively because they're looking to trade him. Um, I think that was just kind of him genuinely being complimentary that the anything can happen at this point. Yeah, I think anything yeah. can happen is is a good is a good point. I mean, obviously, like in this kind of pre-training camp mode, you know, everyone's going to be pretty cognizant of the fact that you know 
teams don't have a ton of leverage because they know they're going to have to get down to 53. Once you get down to 53, if you still want trade partners, then then people know it's a little more serious and there's some value there. But um, it's going to be tough to – it's going to be tough, I feel like. To trade. All right. We are just under an hour in, and we have not done – this day in Bill's headlines, <laughs> we have not done who's bad take. And, and we, we have, we have done, three agenda items that we've I know. About. We have not done wacky schedule. We have not done any of the – of the cool stuff. Um, so let's, let's, uh, let's I'll, I'll, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. Yeah. What no, do you we, want to do? You're the, I was going to say, I, I was going to say we should go to wacky schedule. Okay. And then we should do your stuff, Paul. I'm wondering though, and you can say no, since whose bad take is evergreen and nobody knows what you pulled. We could, you could just have one ready for next week if, when we do one next week. We could. Let's see how quickly we get through the next two things. Maybe we should right. make like 80 well, or 85 minutes our cutoff or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Let's do wacky schedule in this day and Bill headline and see where we are. Scott? Yes. So you want me to start? Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, understood. So you yeah. want me to go fast and get to it and not just stall? Precisely. Okay. I'll but do sure so in an entertaining way that engages yes. our listeners. Good luck. Absolutely. Yeah, the less okay. stalling and the faster and the more the less interruptions that people give you, the more <laughs> likely it will be that it goes well. Got it. Understood. So let me just get out my okay. No. Uh first <laughs> week I have it. So last week we ended off with Devin Singletary having the Madden card. Um, yep. which again Frank is very much in favor of. Um this week at Titans. Um and so this game I don't know if you guys know this. Um, I cleared a nice little check the other day from the good people at Nissan. Oh. Um, and they asked, um, could they be a part of the show? And I said, of course, of course. I, I would love for you to be a part of the show. Um, the good people at Honda have already written me a check. So your check will need to be larger than that, and we could be happy to work you in. Um, so this is now the uh, Bills' uh, wacky schedule home game – or excuse me, at, at the Tennessee Titans – Sponsored by the 2021 Nissan Titan, the truck with the most standard power tech and safety features in its class. <laughs> um, and in line I, with that, this game is going to be played on a flat table-like surface placed in the very ruby interior of a Nissan Titan. Um, oh, my. Yeah. So all of the players will be strunk okay. to approximately one inch tall. Very good. Um, so they, this is not, though I will say this is not Ant-Man rules, they will not have the strength and power of a full-sized human. All right. right. So this is like, honey, I shrunk the football team rules. Uh, yeah, exactly. 100%. And uh, so, yes, the entire game will be played again in this very uh, roomy interior. Um, we'll have the leather seat package. We'll have the moonroof, obviously, because why wouldn't you want a moonroof on your pickup truck? Um You'll have that open or closed because you can do either one. It's a moonroof, right, guys? Um, yeah. And that obviously lets you, you know, it's your kind of retractable roof. So you're you're good for snow. You're good for rain, whatever it needs to be. Um, I'll point out a couple other interesting facts. There's going to be literally hundreds of thousands of tiny people in the Nissan Titan because, again, the interior is just so enormous. Um, I'm not sure everyone's going to make it to the end of the game just because it's so comfortable inside. Um, the good news is is that there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, when you're when we're feeding all these people, we'll be able to tow a full on 
um, tractor trailers worth of barbecue behind this Nissan Titan. This got literally hundreds of thousands of pounds of torque. So, uh, Paul, go ahead <laughs> oh, and take man. it away. Thanks for being so Ins- concise. That- Inside. <laughs> yeah. No way that was more detailed than we needed. <laughs> Paul, no I don't know, if you know that the, the Titan has more standard horsepower and torque in its class than anyone else. 413 pound feet of torque and 400 ice power. When you, but you got to have the premium fuel, and you got to have the premium fuel with a beast like this. So, Paul, oh, take yeah. it away. All right. Well, one, uh, thank you for uh, putting the link in the comments uh, that will now affect my Facebook ads for several months. <laughs> uh, I you have clicked on it uh, as a non-cut for. As a non-car owner, I immediately want to go up to one that, you know, a giant truck that starts at $37,000 to drive around. You know what's lame, though? They advertise, oh, it's got Apple CarPlay on our touchscreen. You know what? You can just buy a fucking radio and put it in any car and it will have CarPlay. Stop (laughs) pretending like that's part of your truck. That's just a fucking thing you plugged in. Okay. 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 (laughs) All right. So are we – key question. Frank, the people at Nissan are listening to the podcast. Well, you know what? I have not gotten the Venmo of this money that you apparently collected. So uh, I don't feel like I am being sponsored by Nissan at the moment. <laughs> I feel like I'm just going to say whatever I want about Nissan. So, okay. Right. Fair enough. You're not going to get much money talking like that. Paul, right. back to you. All right. So let's see. We're looking at what's what's being towed again here. I mean, we know the towing capacity is up to 11,040 pounds, but are we going to have, are we actually going to be towing? Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, we're going to be towing, we're going to be towing the barbecue for all the, the right, that's fans. right, the barbecue. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, arguably more barbecue than you would need 11,040 pounds worth for these tiny men, especially if they have been impacted by the shrinking so that they do not have the Ant-Man-like strength, but again, the honey, I shrunk the kids type strength, you know, <laughs> This essentially, you know, this becomes a football game. As we've said, you know, you're going to have to go. Not really, though, because you're on different playing surface. That's going to have an impact uh, as well. Do you wear cleats? I don't know. Are you going to play in the seat? What's out of bounds? How do you kick a field goal? So many questions. Maybe it's like arena football and you just bounce off the wall. Like there isn't an out of bounds. You can just like, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's going to be the rules. We'll say that's the rules. All right. Yeah. So, so many of those factors get in here who's going to adjust better i feel like you know ryan Tannehill has shown some adjustability in his career with being having to move from one city to another and being a, a franchise guy perceived in miami to being a backup in tennessee who suddenly becomes a franchise guy does that make him best suited to be shrunk to a minuscule size be placed in the inside of a nissan titan uh to face another football team i don't know if that's an analogous skill set if that you know if that's the same thing but he's shown that adaptability and so based on ryan Tannehill's adaptability to random situations i'm gonna say that he has a, a landmark game uh i think the the running backs are better probably gonna be tougher to throw in this environment you can throw it really high I'll give you that, but running patterns has got to be difficult. I'm going to say the Titans with Tannehill in the ground game take this one. Mm. Or the seat game, maybe I should say. Yeah, Or maybe. the floor pad game. Don't know any of those mm. things. Well, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to find the Nissan dealer closest to me on their website right now because uh, I'm so it's excited so about easy. this. At, at NissanUSA.com, it's really easy <laughs> to find. Just check that out. Yeah. Um, I think that some of the, the the features like the blind spot warning and the lane departure warning will really come in handy for the Bills on this one um, because, you know, Allen has gotten so 
consistent and, and very accurate with his throws that, you know, just sort of having some of that technology uh, available to him, he'll he'll understand like, oh, this linebacker is not in the right lane. There's a lane departure and he'll he'll be able to, like, isolate and try and throw. Um, nice. I, I I think that his I think that his velocity, uh, while scaled down, will will still be um, in the correct proportion. So he'll be able to actually maybe make a few completions. Um, going over, you know, I, I understand that it is going to be a flat surface, so they won't be running over those bumpy parts that are usually in the back of trucks. Um, I think this is also another game, though. Uh, I think you're right, Paul, but I think you're forgetting the best running back on the field, Josh Allen. Um, oh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think that the Bills take this one. Um, I think it's a close game, um, and I think that uh, everybody enjoys the barbecue at the end when the truck is parked at the top of a mountain that – a helicopter definitely dropped it off at. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to say that you're you're both correct. And unfortunately, just to be clear, the, the winner of this game is always the Nissan Titan. I mean, yeah. Nissan Titan in, in a landslide. I mean, the winner I mean, is you for to, exactly. getting a new Nissan Titan. Exactly. Um, so moving on to our next to our next uh, contest. Sorry, let me just pull it up here. All right, this is our Halloween uh, contest. So right. now I don't know how to describe what I'm talking about. So that's going to make a good podcast, I find. Um, this is the game, home game versus uh, the Dolphins. Okay. Now, have you guys ever had a nightmare where it's like everything seems normal except no one has a face? Do you know what I mean? Like, their features are gone. Like, everyone's walking around, you're talking to people, everything seems normal, except everyone is just a fleshy mound on their face. Have you? Yeah. Have, am I the only one with this kind uh, of you know, I, No, I, th- I think you should pitch this to Blumhouse immediately. I was going to okay. say, I feel like I've seen movies where people have... Okay. Done I, I think it's come up in movies maybe once or twice as well. It's not just my nightmares. Okay. Right. So... That is the game. It's the normal football game. Everyone retains full senses, but all of the players have had, due to some optical illusion, fugue state, whatever you want to call it, um, they are able of doing all the things that you could do with a normal head. But when you look at everyone else on the field, you see no face. You see no human features. It's just a fleshy, circular, head-shaped blob that that is somehow talking to you and can see and communicate. Well, and that's how they have to play the full game. I this is a great question, and I and I think you think it's a harder question than it is, Scott. But um, and you might also think I'm going to pull up that it's just a football game, but it's not because obviously uh, what's going to matter here is experience. Um, you need guys that have been in the game and aren't going to get rattled by little things like not having a face. And that's where the experience of uh, uh, some of the guys on the Bills are really going to step up, as opposed to a guy like uh, Tua Tagovailoa, you know, whose first instinct might be to cry or pee his pants. Um, that he might, that he, you know, and I'm not, I'm not being, denig- I'm not denigrating anybody who would pray in this situation because I think it's like a situation. But I see him like immediately needing like pray and like then they can't get him focused back on the game and and some of the other guys and that might happen a little on both sides but 
I think in this case, you're going to have a guy like, you know, uh, look, there's some people that might be an improvement if their face didn't what, you know, wasn't seen. Let's, let's just put it that way. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, it, it, it's ultimately gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna work in the favor of veterans and crafty players who just aren't too worried about it. And I think that if anything, Miami has shown that they are a bunch of divas who are young and stupid and none of them really want to be there. And I think that everybody not having a face is would be like the final straw. And so my guess is that Buffalo would uh, might struggle a little early to kind of get their feet. But once they do, second quarter on, look out. It's all Buffalo. Right. I oh. think the I think the Bills are a more intelligent and well-coached team. And I and I I like uh, the and even though his name's escaping me, is it Todd Floor? Todd something. No, maybe it's not Todd. Brian Flores, not Todd Flores. Uh, I, even though I respect him as a coach, I think the Bills' coaching is smarter. I think it's impossible not to be freaked out, possibly to the pee your pants, uh, start crying level when you see that. But I think the Bills plan for all scenarios, and you are kidding yourself if you think Sean McDermott has not planned for this scenario. Now, little known fact that one of Sean McDermott's favorite movies is Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, released in the early 1980s and starring the great Tom Atkins. Now, you might be thinking, oh, this is another one of those Michael Myers films. And you would be wrong, sir, because this was the one Halloween film that did not feature Michael Myers. Instead, what was the terror? It was these masks that were going to uh, kill children, which I am not giving as much of a spoiler as you think I would be. Uh, by doing so. So these masks then became very popular for resale. Obviously, they don't really kill you. So Sean McDermott in his basement has a collection of the witch skeleton and pumpkin masks from this movie. Uh, He happens to have 53 of them. And so the players will be putting these masks on their blobless heads. So instead of being terrified by a blank featureless face, they'll just be looking at each other's pumpkin heads and ghost heads and witch heads. And it'll just be like, you know, a typical normal thing. And they will be able to communicate better, communicate more clearly, not be as uh, freaked out by each other. Uh, They will just look at the bunch of blobless freaks across from them and be like, yeah, you guys are just blobless freaks. You don't even know how to talk to each other, communicate, and we're going to just destroy you. It's going to be another 56 to, to, to 35 type of game with a lot of garbage time points for Miami. Okay, I like it. I like the way you're thinking. I think I, I, I agree. I think the Bills Frank mask uh, replacement faces will work better than the uh, Dolphins choice of the point break style U.S. president masks. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that's not going to work. Know, yeah. I mean, if they're trying to rob a bank, sure, that's going to work. But playing a football game in them, and even Johnny Utah can tell you that's not going to work. Idiots. Um, at Jags. Now we're at the week after Halloween little bit of a hangover um the bills in an attempt to get rid of the massive amount of halloween candy that they uh that they acquired during their trick-or-treating uh the night of halloween after the horrific events of the of the dolphins game um they eat only reese's peanut butter cups for the entire week before the (laughs) jazz game Ooh, i i've done this so i might have some insights i'll see and the jags the Jags, in typical Duval fashion, have eaten only Skittles for an entire week. And so now they must play each other on Sunday in a football wow. game. Paul, you're, hmm. you're welcome to take the first crack at this. Yeah, I, sh- I guess it is my turn to take the first crack. Um, I just want to 
verify Marshawn Lynch is not on the Jaguars, correct? No, no, yeah, he, is. Like, he is mostly doing commercials now. Good, because right. yeah. that changes the He's calling like, the game. Well, right, no, okay. Paul, he is there, but he's only there so he doesn't get fined. Right, Very fair point. That is what yeah. Marshawn does. Because uh, we know we know Skittles tends to power uh, power that beast mode, if you will. So if he were there, I would say, well, this is unfortunate. It's going to be a runaway for the Jags. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, is how can Trevor Lawrence deal uh, with the rainbow fruit flavors? Really, you know, that's going to be one of the keys to answering this game. I think the Bills. The biggest thing they're going to have to worry about. It's just the massive crash because you're you're just going to if you're eating only Reese's peanut butter cups all week, which I've come close to doing, I'm sure, in, in past days, you are going to be pretty hyped for a while. And then you are just going to crash like a, a, a mother freaker. So it's oh, this is this is such a tough scenario. I'm going to think that even with the Skittles advantage here, because I feel like it's less heavy. You can get away with it. It's only 90% load with sugar. I still think the Bills are a more talented squad, and I'd hate to go with that uh, fact, but I, I, I think even though they'll be a bit weighed down, maybe they'll figure out a way around it. I think the offensive line will uh, be about 500 pounds bigger when you add up the, the total weight they'll gain that week, yeah. and it's going to be tough for the Jaguars to rush through them. I think, you know, Stefan Diggs, will somehow manage to digest that because he seems to remain super skinny no matter what he does. So I'm going to say the Bills still take this one, but I do think the Skittles do present a bit of an advantage over the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Classic mistake. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, no. Paul, you've made a, you've made a classic uh, mistake. First of all, as a parent, I'd like to tell any kids listening out there, the reason your Halloween candy seems to go so fast is your parents throw bunches of it out when you are sleeping. As a parent, I'd like, I just like, no, you're not eating all this. I don't care how long it takes. I'm just like dumping all the shit. Anyway, second of all, uh, the, the thing you're missing is in classic drug fashion, Skittles are an like an, uh, an upper. The, they're a, they're like a cocaine. They're like the, they're like the cocaine of of candy. OK, not that I know what cocaine's like, but they get you all jittery. They're up. They're kind of uppers. OK, they're you're, you're, you're clicking your teeth. You're you're grinding them and it's going to be just fucking impossible for linemen to sit there and not commit false start after false start. So that's really going to hamper them. Receivers have to look that ball into catching it. Quarterbacks have to set and throw. You can't focus when you're like hopped up on Skittles, you know, and, and, like, like crack cocaine. Forget it. They're going to be twitching all over the place. Granted, the Bills are going to feel like garbage. They are. They're going to feel sluggish and gross. I think you got that right, Paul. But – they have been ingesting a tiny amount of protein all week. That protein is going to help satiate them a little bit better. It's going to help them retain a little muscle mass better. Not much. Okay, not much. I'm not pretending like this is healthy. It's not. They're going to feel like garbage. But what they are going to be able to do is probably focus just a little bit more. This is like a 6-3 football game assuming they could get field goals it might it might be like a 12-6 game where like a couple touchdowns get accidentally scored but nobody can kick very well either but i think buffalo is just going to be able to focus it's going to you're going to go back and sean mcdermott's not going to be happy this is not the process this is not doing the same thing every week and being prepared this is a lot of nonsense and he's not going to be happy with it and and, and it, but they're going to escape with the win here because i think ultimately 
nutritionally, you're probably getting a little bit more out of Reese's, you know, peanut butter cups all week than you are the other Reese's pieces. I don't know. That's a tighter story. But Scott, I, I turn to you. Frank is correct. It's the protein. The protein. Uh, I think it would not much. I think it's not much. I think I would. It would have been an interesting matchup had I gone the other way, given the peanut butter cups to the Jags, because I feel like in some ways that gives them a little more of an advantage headed into the Bills. <laughs> the Bills obviously a heavy favorite. You know, can in a in a normal diet situation. Um, moving on, last one of this quartet: home versus the Jets. Uh, welcome to the Mushroom Kingdom. This is your Mario style wacky oh, schedule. Yes. So. At this is what you have to tell me who's going to win, and then everyone each side gets one invincibility star, one growth mushroom, one Koopa Troopa shell, and one um, fireball throwing power for the approximate, you know, for the I don't know how long those would you. I mean, the growth one was lasted until you got, you know, hit, you fell down right. well or you, you got hit by the Goomba, whatever. Um, Invincibility star lasted 15, 20 seconds, right? Yep. The Koopa Trooper shell obviously is a one-time use thing. I think like the fireball, I'm trying to remember, that one went away as well at some point, right? Or is it that... No, the fireball you, you kept until you got until hit you, by the time until, you're doing until Super until you Mario, ahead. yes. Yeah. Okay, um, so you have to tell me who's on the Bills and the Jets are using these at what point, like, and, and how the game ends up going. Quick point of order, is it a red Koopa shell or a green Koopa shell? Green Koopa shell. Okay. All right. Um, it is your, I think you're up first, Frank. Yeah, no, I am. This is, this is fantastic. Um, so I think you want to give the mushroom to Mitch Morse, okay? He's going to block everybody, okay? Little tricky to throw over Mitch Morse. I get it. Now, maybe you don't How's want he gonna to get the snaps. Is he's going to yeah, be able right. to get the snap off? No, I've, oh, I've no. screwed up already. You're right. I've screwed up <laughs> already. No, you want to give the mush. You want to give the mushroom to Cole Beasley. Cole oh. Beasley. Can, and then you can just like, oh. now he's the slot receiver. You throw him he out. Be, catches everything and he can't be tackled. Right. Catches everything, can't be tackled. And he's just somehow even a bigger target. Um, the, the firepower you want to give to, I think, a defensive end or nose tackle, I'll give it to Boogie Basham. He can just be whipping fireballs at the offensive line. They'll be running away. Invincibility, I'm tempted to give it to Josh Allen, but I'm worried that he'll try and be invincible for 21 seconds instead of 20. <clears throat> so instead, I'm going to give it to um, Devin Singletary and hand him the ball, and that way he can dance for 20 seconds and not get tackled and then, you know, maybe score a touchdown. Um, he gets and five the, yards down the field in that 20 seconds while he's in Yeah, the right, and then he's like, and then, but he's but he's knocked everybody over in the process, so then he really doesn't have any excuses not to score. Um, the turtle shell, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try something. I'm going to give the turtle shell to Tyler Bass. This is why. Because one of the cool tricks you can do with the turtle shell, if timed correctly, is continue to bounce on it and you would get the double the score. And once you got over a certain point percentage, you would start getting extra lives. It's a bit of a hack. So what I want to do, 
I want Tyler Bass to kick the turtle shell and directly hit the the post, the crossbar, and it pops back to him because, of course, the physics on the turtle shell is amazing. Comes right back to you every time. And I think he could probably time it so he's jumping and kicking it over and over, and we are scoring hundreds of points by the time it actually goes through the the thing. Um, I don't care about enough the F, uh, the other team to see how they would use it. I would just assume. Wait, who's the other team? It's the uh, it's um the Jets. That's fine. We don't need to go to the Jets. No, what I, yeah, what I'm going to say is that the the Jets, you know, fuck up all their uses. They forget they have one, and and then the Bills win. I think there's there's definitely one thing that's going to make this very complicated because this is something I foresee happening during the season is the Jets are going to make a trade in advance of this game because I'm, I'm guessing the Jets have been, been alert to the schedule and they are going to acquire Baltimore Ravens linebacker Tyus Bowser. Whoa. And Bowser's seen all of these tricks. Fuck. Bowser knows what is going on and it's going to be difficult to fool him. I think Frank was, uh, okay, starting off the mushroom. I think Frank is on the right path with Morris initially, but the snapping's an issue. Give it to Dawkins. No one's no one's touching Josh from his blind side. You know, that, yeah. that pretty much takes care of that. Invincibility star, you know, that can go so many different ways. But I think Frank's on to something, and I think I'm going to give it to, I'm going to give it to Zach Moss. I think okay. he's a better runner. He's a bigger guy, and he... Again, he's, you needed someone who's going to touch the ball, that, and you can, you can easily get that ball to him. You could give it to Allen as well. Um, I like the logic on the uh, the turtle shell. I think I might give the turtle shell on long similar logic to Matt Hawk because he probably has the strongest foot on the team. He is used to you know booting things, uh, yeah. like dropping them on his foot and booting them, and I just think the the match is better there. Um, would I, you know what? I forgot which ones I forgot, but we're running short on time, so I'll skip them and just say, will this be enough to overcome Bowser? Uh, I don't know. I think with him at linebacker and me having foolheartedly picked all offensive players except for Hawk in this thing, uh, that he's going to set this up well. He is going to uh, build a pit of fire uh, right in front. Uh, they can, the Bills have no problem getting past front four. After that, they're screwed. I just think he's he's lined up his minions very well. And so I think the Jets take this by virtue of having acquired Bowser in advance of the season. That is tough. Yeah, it's a tough beat. I mean, we'll have to see if that trade goes through. Um, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I had it as I also went with a lineman, but I had uh, a guy who was already on the Super Mushroom get another Super Mushroom. So Star Latulale, imagine him, double size. I feel like wow. you can't, you're can't i don't know how you're going to do anything in the middle of the field yeah. you're just eliminating the run <laughs> game at that point and you're going to make uh rookie quarterback luke wilson beat you i'm comfortable comfortable with that play and also trying to throw over starlet i think that's going to work out well uh i think the invincible start just go to the running back i think we have to give it to matt Breida because i think he's the fastest and therefore has the best chance of actually making it all the way to the end zone before the invincible star is removed uh the cooper trooper shell I'm going to give it to – I was going to give the fireballs to Micah Hyde, and I will give the Koopa shell to Jordan Poyer. And that way they will make sure that no one gets passed. I appreciate the the Frank's, um, you know, cheat code style, um, you know, 
yeah, fixing of the game. I understand. I'm I'm not I'm not against it. I think I'm trying to be a little more true to the uh, to the ideas, the original intention of the Super Mario fake football game <laughs> that we've devised here, and that's why I give it to our safeties in an attempt to kind of be the last line of defense there against uh, the advancing Jets. Um, Very good. I think the Bills win. So that's it. I will uh, I will call it there. Those are your four uh, wacky schedules. Okay, everyone. What we're going to do now? We're going to do this day in Bills headlines because Paul has present has, has made one. We are going to save who's bad take for next week. We're going to do a mini web episode. We're going to do who's bad take. We'll probably finish wacky schedule. Um, I think I think it's our fourth installment coming up. Um, and we're going to preview the Detroit Lions game very briefly of the preseason. We'll see how that goes. But it will be a mini sode with who's bad take. Um, but I wanted to thank Paul because Paul puts in a lot of work on these on these segments. And I feel bad that we're running long. Um, and we're going to get one of the segments in, but I think it'd be unfair for everyone if we tried to slog through the whole thing. So, Paul, take us away on this day in Bill's headlines, and then we will we will see everyone next week. Sounds like a plan, everyone. It is August 5th, so we're going to look at headlines from August 5th, and we will go back to last year, 2020. Bill's Tremaine Edmonds, smart new linebacker blank, making presence felt in meeting room. He's definitely smart, a guy that you can pretty much come with a question even now with him being in the system with Coach McDermott in Carolina. Just a guy that you can come with questions. He may or may not have the answer, but nine times out of ten, he will because he's a smart guy, man. AJ Klein? AJ Klein, very good, right off the bat. No hints needed. All right. I had to avoid mentioning this guy's name when we were talking about, uh, you know, uh, wide receivers who flame out after training camp. 2019, blank turning heads at Bill's training camp. I questioned his professionalism and a couple other things Bill's coaching intern Leonard Johnson, a former NFL defensive back, said. I just went to him and said, hey, man, in order for you to take your game to the next level, this is what you got to do. Every other day it was one thing to him and then another thing. And then he's saying he put together that consistency. So this is a wide receiver that is a sixth-round pick in 2018 out of Clemson. He caught five passes for 36 yards the previous year. Ray Ray McLeod. Ray Ray McLeod. Woo! Next clue was blank, blank, McBlank, and you didn't even need that. All right. 2016. Blank has been hiding candy in his hoodie at Buffalo Bills training camp. Mm. Blank says when he was drafted, it was his job to get candy from some of to get candy for some of the veterans that were on the team. So now players like look rookie Reggie Ragland are responsible for filling Blank's pockets. He has to do it. He has to get the candy. Everybody goes through the candy year, Blank said. They've been doing it for as long as I know. I had to get it for Spikes and Keith Rivers and all those guys. I think I was the best candy getter, but Reggie is in second place right now. The staff told me to take off my hoodies, but I wear my hoodie because I keep candy and gum in there. So they made me take it off. But I found another shirt with pockets, and that's the only reason. Everyone thinks I'm trying to sweat. I just wear it because I hide candy in there. What year was this again? 2016? 2016, yep. Okay. I did not give a position, but you can probably guess by some of the guys so we're talking about. Yeah. Position yeah. Yeah. Well, this is after pause, and it's after uh, what's-his-name we traded for. After Kiko, yeah. Kiko, yeah. Um, it's a Bill's third-round pick in 2014 out of Louisville. Started almost every game for the Bills over the next four yeah, seasons. Had over oh, Preston Brown. Preston Brown. Scott oh, is on fire today. Ding, All ding. Right. 2015. 
Blank pushes slightly ahead in starting quarterback race. But Blank does show a great deal of calm and poise when running an offense, just as one would expect from an 11-year NFL veteran. Kyle, not Kyle Orton, um, uh, Kevin Cobb. Nope, nope, that was 2013 was Cobb, 2014 was Orton. We're now into 2015, so we're, you're close, you're in the right era. Okay, so we need a, an 11-year vet. Was it, was it McCown, right? We weren't yet to, nope. we had a McCown for a minute. Um, I can give a big but deceptive hint. Um, he actually was the starting quarterback in Matt week Castle. one. Matt Castle, yes. That's right. He, he, that. he took one yeah. snap for the Bills, and it was the opener of week one. And Tyrod was flanked out at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. All right. 2012, Bills blank, a force in the middle. I'm going to do my best Chan Gailey here. He is a big, strong man. I mean, he is barrel-chested, strong human that has got pretty good movement for his size and is a very versatile player. He's one of those tough guys you've got to have inside. That's what I think Blank brings to our football team. He brings toughness and some strength to our team. Paul Puzzlesny? No, no. Uh, this is uh, it's someone who's line? A offensive line. About to begin oh. his third of his six Bill seasons, where he served as a starting guard or center for most of those four seasons. What year? 2012. So he played 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 for the Bills. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15. On the line. On the uh, line. Third round pick in 2009 by the Steelers. We never played for the Steelers. He went right to the Bills after he was cut by the Steelers. Craig Ergerbeck? Yes, Scott. Wow. Forget Scott it. Is Forget it. Five. It's over, Rock. <laughs> Frank needs the next four to win for the week. All right. Uh, 2011, X Bill Safety Blank spurns Bengals for 49ers. Cincinnati thought it had Blank, who agreed to terms to a two year deal with the Bengals Thursday afternoon. It would have been the Bengals' biggest free agent acquisition to date. But San Francisco swooped in late with a better contract for three years, $11.5 million. According to ESPN's Adam Schefter, Blank accepted the offer while leaving the Bengals empty-handed. He had been a bill before this. Yes, it was a bill right before this. 2011. Dante Whitner? Dante Whitner, Frank. Yeah, Hitner. Wow, we could get a clean sweep with very limited. I haven't really given any hints. All right. 2008. This will be more of a challenge, but it's a gettable one. Brank. Blank brings size nastiness to Bill's defense. We definitely have talent, so it's just a matter of us going out there and executing, Blank said. We have about another month to lock everything down and get it together. After two injury-plagued seasons in Jacksonville, Blank hopes to rejuvenate his career in Buffalo and play at the level that helped him earn three Pro Bowl invitations with the Jaguars. Defensive Jaguar from 2008? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not Takeo's spikes. It's not Bryce Pop. It's way older. I mean, it was, it was the 90s. Really yeah. Stop it. Um, so this is, oh wait, so this is before, this is, he's probably on some of those London, Fletch, London Fletcher Baker yep. teams, maybe. Angelo um, Crowell? No, no, no but a, very slightly past Crowell. Out of Virginia. Yeah. 
This was a 2001 round one pick by Jacksonville out of Georgia. And on March 1st of 08, he was traded to Buffalo for the Bills' third and fifth round picks in that draft. Boy, I don't... This is... I'm not... It's not coming through here. He replaced Larry Triplett, if that gives you help on the positional front. Defensive tackle Larry Triplett? Mm -hmm. Yep. So, oh man, so it's sort of coming into focus. <laughs> um, uh, no, sort of coming gonna... into focus in my head, but I, I, let's just, yeah, I can't. All uh, right. Well, there was a good good run, guys. Tony Vaselli. It was end with Marcus Stroud. Ah! No, I was not going to get Marcus Stroud. I I might have gotten there. I, I, I could sort of see him coming into focus. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a while. It would have been, been, been fun. All right. Falcons release 2005. Falcons release receiver blank. The release of blank acquired from Peerless Buff- Price. Yeah, oh man, I'm not even yeah. reading Stop. this up. Fine, bam. Stop it, Peerless Price. Yep. Go next. Last one. 2002. Rookie safety is tough as blank. As pretend it's turn of phrase here, which is why it's a clever headline. Says, I still feel that way, and now having the chance to meet my teammates, I'm just so thankful to be in a place like this. Blank said, There are great people here, and I'm just proud to be part of the Bills organization. I have vaunted safety Johnny Balls, tough as balls. Johnny, tough as balls. Yes, good old Johnny Balls. He really manned that. It's great, strong safety. Struggled once they moved him to free. Balls don't like to be free hanging like that. Um, I mean, that's the, it's it's frustrating because it's Winfield and Clements on the corners in 02, right? Yeah, and it was, uh, I know one of the stages, but I want to give you Malloy that. Is comes George. in in 03. Yeah, he came in 03. George Wilson is after that? After, Later. he's like 05, 06. Yeah. He was actually on the team around this time, but he was still a wide receiver at that point, uh, which I remember when I was to one of our old pods. I'll give some hints. Ended up being the Bills. He was kind of that Bills' first hybrid linebacker safety role uh that they always seem to have he was a round two pick out of stanford uh six years with the bills he started 15 games his rookie year though he never started more than three in any other season after that so he mainly and played three seasons with the falcons before retiring and for the last six um, years go ahead brian scott no no toughest scott uh former 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 rnc chairman michael Steele. That would be a great guess. I know, tough as yeah. steel. I was thinking uh, former former Bills offensive tackle, Jamie Nails, maybe? Yeah, yeah, Jamie Nails. That was another one. Yep. Uh, this guy's been, for the last six years, a the CNN sports anchor and correspondent. Tough as wire. Tough as wire. Tough as wire. Yep, there we go. I almost said Coy Wire, and I thought you guys would laugh me out the building because I was like, that's yeah. not really tough, is it? Yeah. That's a terrible pun for the title. Yeah, I know. I didn't write the headline. I just read them. And that was uh, this day in Bill's headlines for August 5th. For Who's Bad Take, you'll have to stay tuned next week. Yes, we'll we'll be back briefly. We want to get out of here. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we're excited that football is coming back. Uh, so as you can see, we kind of had a little we had we had more real stuff to talk about than we've planned on. And, and then we still had a bunch of like our offseason stuff to get to. But we'll balance it better very soon until then thank you so much for listening we really appreciate it mny bills on twitter you know how to find us you already found us so share us until then thank you so much for listening i am frank i'm scott i'm paul goodbye everybody